Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. In the current sermon, Pastor has been talking about the rules for Israel's kings as given to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 17, especially the command that the king have a copy of the law always with him, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all God's words. Now David was in agreement then with the words spoken to Moses, but many of the kings that came from David and many of the kings then that would be established in northern Israel after the divide of the kingdom did not. They did not keep the word of God close to their throne. For that matter, something very interesting happens. And you jump ahead in time, you go to around the 640s to the 610 BC, hundreds of years later. You know, Saul and Dave are at the beginning of the kingship, and we'll speak about Saul hopefully next time. We go towards the end of the kingship period, and you come to Josiah. Josiah is the 16th king of Judah. He comes into power a while after the northern section of Israel was carried captive to Assyria. And we read in 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 22, an amazing thing. 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 1. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. Go down to verse 2. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David. So the associations made with him and his great ancestor David, unlike so many kings who you read, did evil in the sight of the Lord. He does what's right. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Verse 3 now it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Shaphan, the scribe, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshelam, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may count the money which has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have gathered from the people and let them deliver it into the hand of those doing the work, who are the overseers in the house of the Lord. Let them give it to those who are in the house of the Lord, doing the work to repair the damages of the house, to carpenters and builders and masons, to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. So Josiah, in his 18th year of reign, has a desire to fix up the temple of God. The temple has come into such terrible condition because of all the evil kings that have defiled it. And he sends Shaphan, the scribe, to go to the high priest to say, look, take whatever money's coming in and pay all these workers to get the work done. Let the carpenters buy the timber. Let them do what needs to be done to restore the house of God. And a surprise happens. As he's doing what's right to rebuild the temple, it says in verse 8, Then Hilkiah, the high priest, 
said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. They found the law of Moses. They found the book of the law. And it was hidden as they're doing the repairs to rebuild the temple. They find it and the high priest finds it in the house of the Lord. In 2 Chronicles, it's called the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. What we just read in Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and the other books at this point, Joshua, the book of the law, we found it. Then verse 10, then Shaphan the scribe showed the king. He brings it to the king saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Now it happened, verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. He tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Akbar, the son of Micaiah, and Isaiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. It's unbelievable to him. As soon as he hears it, he must put together what's happened to northern Israel, the horror being carried into captivity to Assyria, the troubles that are surrounding southern Judah, all the abominations of his ancestors. And it was all written ahead of time, all the warnings, all the prophecy, and he tears his clothes because this book has been lost and great is the wrath of God against them. The book of the law that's commanded to the king to be kept where? Have a copy right by your throne. By the time we get to Josiah, many centuries later, that book is lost. It's lost to the kings. It's lost to the priests. Look at the great discovery we have. Most likely, as they go about their service of God, those who are believers, they may have paraphrases, summaries, tradition, rituals, to let them know part of it. But the actual full word of God that was written has been lost, has been forgotten. Now, perhaps it was just carelessly neglected. People stopped caring what the Bible said the Bible they had to that point. They just didn't want to know. During all the reigns of those kings who did evil in the sight of the Lord, and it was forgotten. It got pushed aside even as some people push it aside today. The Bible is in so many homes today, and it's forgotten. And as generation upon generation know not the God of their fathers, it could be placed aside, placed up in an attic, thrown in a waste paper basket, given out on a tax sale or at a book swap, and it's lost. Or perhaps the kings were so evil and so set upon the idolatry of the pagans that they wanted to destroy 
the Word of God, as has happened so many times in history, to try to take it away from the people. And perhaps the few copies that were left, some well-meaning priest, some well-meaning believers took and hid deep in the temple that they could not be destroyed. And then with time, they were forgotten. The hatred or the lack of concern for the holy thing, the precious honey, the fine gold of the scripture, the kings not heeding the words of Deuteronomy 17 led to the suffering of Israel and the captivity that Israel and Judah would suffer. This is not the abridgment they found. This is not the oral remembrance which they probably had. This was the very word of God itself. And it's so new what's in there to Josiah and the priest that he marvels at it and he rips his clothes. And he has to know what the Lord wants them to do because great is the wrath of God against them. How many times during the centuries have there been attempts to destroy or to hide God's word, even by supposedly Christian institutions saying, well, the people, they can't handle the word of God. You can't read it. Only certain anointed people can read the word and they would keep the word in a certain language and not in the language of the average person. They would hide it away that the people would not know the word of God to test if what they are saying is from God or not from God. And they receive power by it. How many intellectuals, rationalists decided a few centuries ago, we no longer need the Bible. Voltaire bragged that the Bible would be gone in a hundred years and the communists, the atheists seek to destroy it. Even pseudo-Christians seek to hide it, to override it with their traditions and their teachings of men. They take it, they place it in the grave, but it always survives. It rises from that grave and to their great dismay, it's alive again and God is faithful that to this day we have his holy word and it's spread throughout the nations. What happens here? How do they find out what they should do? I know we've skipped way ahead in our study, but it ties in to this whole discussion of the kingship and how far they went from the instruction to keep that word right by them. In verse 14, so Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbar, Shaphan, Isaiah went to Huldah, Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Haras, the keeper of the wardrobe. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the second quarter. That was a section made by the angle formed by the west wall of the temple and the ancient city wall. Later on in the Nehemiah, that section would be restored and brought inside the city gates. She lives in this second quarter, and they spoke with her. So they go to the prophetess, and here we see how the word and the spirit, when it's really the spirit of God, work hand in hand. It's like a dovetail. There's no contradiction, because the Holy Spirit gives us the word, and the Holy Spirit confirms his word. 
And notice we have a prophetess. Again, in the study on authority, we have a woman in a position where she receives the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we remember back to the judge, Deborah, how God would give her his word. And they know that the Spirit of God is upon this woman. And they seek her out, and she's gifted by the Holy Spirit. And it says in verse 15, Then she said to them after they spoke with her, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me. Who is that? That's the king. That's Josiah. See, Josiah is just a man like anybody else. Tell him, thus says the Lord. Verse 16, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read. You know, just because the people don't know the book, just because the king did not know the book, when they broke the words of the book, judgment was coming. Just because our nation no longer recognizes this book as a foundation for our moral code. Just because the people are ignorant of the words which their forefathers gathered on Sunday mornings to hear on the greens spoken from the churches, they would build little tents or tabernacles for themselves and have the whole day studying God's word. Doesn't mean that the judgments proclaimed in the book will not happen. We can hide God's word away, but God's word still stands and what it proclaims will come about. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg Scalzo's sermon has been brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut.